All right, Shabbosei, good morning. Let us, let us begin. I'm going to begin by thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Cheshvan. To thank Mayor and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the German Drushos this month. In memory of Yonah Tzvi, then Yosef Chaim Alazar HaKohen, and Noam Aleya Efron for dedicating all the Sherman Joshos this month in celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, Yosef Herschel Ben Mordechai Halevi. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Dr. Moshen and Ellen Gavant, as well as Natan and Leah Berry for dedicating the shear today in commemoration of the first yard site of Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Zecher Tzadik Levracha, Harav Yaakov Tzvi Ben David Aryeh. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, his Nisham will have an aliyah and his family in Nechama. We also take the opportunity to dedicate our learning in the Schuss of Rafur Shalema for Steve Golaskov's father, Nachum Sender Ben Itarachov, who underwent complex surgery and is now recovering. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, he will have a complete and enduring refuah. But also with that, let us begin. So we have an incredible daf ahead of us today, a lot to do. Today's daf is Yud Zayin, but you wouldn't know it based on where we're starting. Right, so we, we are picking up in Yerat Hashem on Tess Zayin on days 16b, and we are picking up Amra Yitzchak Dalit Dvarim Mekarin Dino Shal Adam. Mekarin Gzar Dino Shal Adam. So I'm actually going to count down from the top. It's a 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. Actually, no. We started, we left off earlier, right? Gimel Dvar Maskeravano Social Adam. Is that right? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, so 2, 4, 6, uh, eight, 7 lines down from the top. Good. We'll, we'll, we will be fine. I'm going to be Yitzchak. I will say incredible Gimara. I'm going to be Yitzchak. So with the Eidanos, I'm not here. So I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. Gimel Dvarim, Maskirin Avonos of Shal Adam. There are three things that cause a person's judgment to be brought to the forefront. So, in other words, or three, literally translated, three things that cause a person's averus to be remembered. What are they? Eloheim, Kir Natui, a slanted wall, right, which means a wall that is about to collapse. Iyun Tfila, we'll just define what that means in just a moment. Umoser Din Al Chavero. And one who goes ahead and literally, Moshe Din Al Chavero, Rashi says, Kimo Yishpot Hashem Beini Obeinecha. That refers to someone who says, Akadosh, who demands that Akadosh Baruch Hu pass judgment on another human being. So we'll say, if we analyze this for just a little bit, the idea is, Kir Natui is a situation of a person going in and placing themselves in mortal danger. So when you place yourself in mortal danger, essentially what you're doing is you're relying on a miracle. When you rely on miracles, that requires the Basin Shalmala to actually go ahead and decide, are you worthy of a miracle? Well, how do you decide if someone is worthy of a miracle? So I go ahead and we look at their Averos. Look at them and look at their Averos. So by definition, it creates a sense of judgment. Rashi explains, over of Shaomer Fine. Iun Tfila. So we'll say, what's, what's wrong? So that's Kirinatui. So Kirinatui, I'm relying on a miracle, forcing Akadish Baruch Hu to go ahead and examine my deeds. Am I deserving of a miracle or not? Second one is Iun Tfila. This is really quite fascinating. Look at Rashi. Iun Tfila. Somich al Tfilaso, Nishmaas. So, if you look at Rashi, this is Rashi, what's Iyun Tfila? A person relies that his Tfila will be heard, and therefore he works very hard to have Kavana. I don't know, sounds pretty good, right? What's, what's the problem with Iyun Tfila? So I will say, if you take a quick look at Tosis, Tosis has a different idea. Tosis, Tosis Iyun Tfila, if you skip down to the last three lines of the short lines, 
Tosis says, Kilomar, Ma'ayin ba, Omer belibo she asu bakashaso, befisha his palo bekavano, ubali de keev leave, kishain bakashaso nasis. Tosis says, Iun tfila refers to someone who davens with the explicit expectation that God is going to automatically fulfill their request. So that, that's the, so again, I daven and I expect that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to go ahead and fulfill my request. Joseph says, it skips a little bit at the end of the first line, wide line, Shayidikach, Mefas Vesin B'Masov, Kilomar, Boteachu B'Shuyosov, Venira Mahim, Omeshanihu Dema'ayin Bob, Deloma Ayin Bahashta Havu Kohani Shoshosvosis. The idea over here, according to Tosis, is that Iyun Tfila is really davening with a certain level of gaiva, where a person has an expectation that his prayers are going to be answered. Siyabose Tfila, we'll discuss this a little bit later on the daf as well, requires humility. And humility says, I'm going to daven. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm going to daven for what it is that I believe that I need. And I truly hope and pray that you will grant that. But I also recognize you run the world. And because you run the world, that which I think I need, or that which I think is best for me, may, may or may not be best for me. Tefillah always requires this level of kavana. So Tadavin says the Gemara with a sense of gaiva, that almost like magiali, magiali, I deserve it. This should be coming to me. Says Tosis ultimately again, really you think you think you deserve it? You think it's owed to you? Well, let's check that out, right? Let's go ahead and look at your Averus. Let's look at your mitzvahs. Let's do a little bit of an internal spiritual audit and see where you're holding and see if in reality you really deserve this. The last one is a person who wants HaKadosh Baruch Hu to judge his fellow. Now I will say, to ask the Rebbe Shalom to judge someone else must mean that what? Must mean that what? You're pretty confident about yourself. Baruch Hu says, really? You want me to go ahead and judge someone else? Well, if you want someone else judged, let's start with you. So therefore, again, Yitzchok says, these are three things that almost trigger this judgment of the individual in Bezin Shlomala. Number one, expectation of miracles. You put yourself where you expect a miracle. Let's see if you deserve it. Number two, Iyun Tefillah, davening with arrogance, with an expectation that I deserve and I should get everything that I want. Baruch says, let's see. And number three, Moser to stand in judgment of someone else presupposes that your personal affairs are in order. Kadosh Baruch says, let's see. Whoever goes ahead and literally wants HaKadosh Baruch Hu, most of the literally means you give judgment on your friend, which means that you, you feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should judge your fellow. Such a person is judged for, it literally means punished, it means judged first. This week's parasha, parasha's chayi sara. So it's interesting. The Gemara says, Sarah got very angry at Avram because she felt Sarah felt she was being disrespected by Hagar. And ultimately, again, Avram was not defending her. So she says to Avram, my, my degradation literally again is upon you. Yishpot Hashem beini yobeinecha. Kodesh Baruch Hu should judge you. And then the Gemara says, this Gemara attributes the fact that Sarah predeceased Avram to the fact that she wanted HaKadosh Baruch Hu to judge Avram. Incredible, incredible, just in general, incredible. We're going to see a number of Gemaras like this today. 
about how we have to refrain from judging other people and how we have to refrain from being judgmental about other people because the consequences of adopting that type of, the consequences of living like that, boomerang against me. See, even Sari Imenu, the Gemara says, is negatively impacted by the fact that she felt that HaKadosh Baruch Hu deserved to be judged by HaKadosh Baruch says, there are four things that or that tear up the verdict of a of, of, of a person. In other words, that if I have chas v'shalom, a negative verdict, that these four things could go a negative. We'll call it a negative judgment. That these four things could cause that judgment to be ripped up. Eluhim, these are these are they. Sedaka, it's sedaka charity. Tzaka, tzaka means tefillah, calling out in prayer. Shinui Hashem, changing your name. Vishinui Maisa and changing your actions. So the Gemara says, how do I know all of these things? We'll explain what they mean on a deeper level in just a moment. Tzedakah, how do I know that Tzedakah has the ability to tear up a bad gizardin, a bad verdict, bad judgment? from I'm sorry, from, from Sefer Telling, excuse me. So the Apostle says, they call out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu when things were difficult and Hashem saved them. So you see, prayer works. Shinoi Hashem, changing your name, changes your judgment. And right after the name change, Right after the name change, Sari Imenu is blessed with a son. Shinoi Maisa, how on the changing one's actions goes ahead and changes one's gzardin. The Pasik says, this is from Sefer Yona. Right? You saw the people in Ninveh, they changed their actions, and as a result of their change of actions, HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided not to go ahead and punish them. Others say, in addition to this list, is also changing your geography, changing your makom. First wide line. The Hashem says to Avram, leave your land. And then he says, and then I'll make you a great nation. So, Mishana Makom, Mishana Mazel. Change your geography, change your place, and you change your Mazel. I, why doesn't the first opinion include this? So beautiful. That's not a Dinan Shinoi Makom. That's the Schos of Eretz Yisrael. That when you come to Eretz when you go to Eretz Yisrael, the land itself, the land itself infuses you with merit, to be able to achieve the brachos that you could not have achieved outside of the land. Absolutely beautiful. So just a word about this. So Yitzchak therefore tells us there are four things that have the ability to change one's gizardin, a negative judgment. Tzedakah, charity, tzedakah, calling out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, shinui Hashem, changing your name, shinui Maisa. Bose, what do all of these things represent? So tzedakah represents sin, right? Sin in general is a result of egocentricity. Right, the reason I commit an Avera is because I put my needs above everything else. My needs are above someone else's needs, if it's been Adam Lechavero. My needs are even above God's needs, if it's above being Adam Lamakom. So ultimately, what is, what's the antidote to that? Tzedakah. Because what is Tzedakah? Tzedakah is I take something which quote-unquote belongs to me and I give it to the other. What do I do when I, do, when I give Tzedakah? I demonstrate 
that the needs of the other are more important than mine. Life is not about me. I can't go ahead and think that I'm the center of the universe. I have to go ahead and think about others. Other, next, tzedakah. People say, what is tzedakah? Tefillah. By definition, what is tefillah? What's the core, what's the core principle of tefillah? I am not in charge. I am not in charge. Tefillah says, the Ribbono Shal Olam runs the world, not me. Shinoi Hashem and Shinoi Maisa, changing your name, changing your actions, is a willingness to change. A willingness to change. A willingness to change who I am, changing my name. A willingness to change how I behave. Shavosi, if you take all of these things, Tzedakah, thinking about others, Tzedakah, I'm not in control, because Baruch Hu is in control. Shinoi Hashem, changing who I am. Shinoi Maisa, changing my actions. The common denominator amongst all of these items is humility. Humility. Humility is, is the bottom line common denominator. And what Rabbi Yitzchak is saying is that if you want to tear up the gzardin that may exist on you in life, you want, a person wants to tear up a negative judgment, humble yourself. Because if I'm able to humble myself, everything positive comes from anava. Everything positive comes from humility. All of these things, tzedakah, tzedakah, shinoi hashem, shinoi maisa. If I'm humble, I could accomplish a lot of life. If I'm a Balgaiva, pretty much the only thing waiting for me is chait. Incredible. For Rabbi Yitzchak, Let's say just an unrelated, unrelated statement. I mean, it is related because it's Rabbi Yitzchak. A person, a person is obligated to go ahead and visit his Rabbi on Yom Tiv. We'll say this is the Isha from Shunam who used to host Elisha Hanavi. She built him a room. He blessed her with a child. The child passed away. The woman didn't tell her husband. She was so distraught. She's going to visit Elisha. And the, her husband says to her, why are you going to visit Elisha today? It's not Chodesh. So you see from here that Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos, Yom Tiv, ultimately, again, there is an obligation to go visit one's Rebbe. I'm Rebbe Yitzchak. Chayv Adul Mataris Hatzim Barayel. Person is obligated to go to the mikvah before Yom Tiv. Right? Go to the mikvah before Yom Tiv. Well, it literally means to purify oneself before the regal. Shinemar, Obenev Lasam Lo Sigo. I'll say interesting, interestingly, Murir. The Pasik says, you should not go ahead and touch a Nevela. Because remember again, a Nevela, an animal carcass, has the ability to convey Tuma. So you shouldn't touch a Nevela. So Tanya, Tanya Yachid, Obenev Lasam Lo Sigo. Pasik says, don't touch a Nevela. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, um, you might have thought that Klal Yisrael, right? A regular Stam Jew, not a coin, should not be able to touch in the Veila. Kohanim can't touch in the Veila because they can't contract Tumah. But a Stam Yisrael, if I want to, I'm Yisrael, if I want to make myself Tame, I have the right to make myself Tame. So we'll say good like contact with a corpse, right? Kohanim cannot become tummy. Is Israel permitted to become tummy? Is Israel permitted? Absolutely. Sometimes it's even a mitzvah, right? To go ahead and become tummy by attending a levaya, by coming in contact with a mace. So by tuma chamura, more intense tuma, Kohanim are prohibited. Yisraelim are mutarin. Tuma kalalokol shekin. Certainly, again, by a lesser form of tuma, like by nevela, there's not going to be any prohibition against the Yisrael becoming tamei. So what does it mean when it says, don't touch nevela? It means on yamtiv. 
It means anyamtiv. So I will say from this pasuk, the Gemara is learning out the idea chayiv adam letaris atzmo lifnei aregel that before yamtiv a person is obligated to go ahead and purify themselves. And I will say in the times of the Beis this was clear and intuitive because you had to be olaregel. You have to be all the regal. But there is a concept like this, that even if a person doesn't use a man, doesn't use the mikvah regularly, that there is a concept of going to the mikvah prior to yamtiv, so that one enters into yamtiv in a state of ritual purity. Amr Krispadai, I will say perhaps the most famous gemara in all of Meseches Rosh Hashanah. Amr Krispadai, also because of Krispadai only appears twice in Shas. So Rav Krispadai says, Rav Yochanan, Shloshet Tzvarim Niftachin, Rosh Hashanah. There are three books, three svarim that are open on Rosh Hashanah. One for the perfectly righteous. I'm sorry, for the perfectly wicked. Right, completely wicked. One for the perfectly righteous. And one book for the in-betweeners. Right, for the in-betweeners. So, so what happens with the three books? Here we go. Tzadikim Gimurim Nechtavim V'Nechtavim La'altu L'chaim. So Tzadikim Gimurim are immediately written and sealed, written and, and sealed in the book of life in the Sefer HaChaim immediately. I both say, remember again, what I want to point out, based on our conclusion from the Sugya, right, when the Mishnah said that, that Barash Hashanah Kol ba'ei olam ovim lefanav kibnei maron. Remember, we adopted the model that said Rosh Hashanah is judgment, but judgment is sealed when when Yom Kippur. Now, remember again, here of Chris Adai is saying is like this: Sadikim Gimurim are inscribed and sealed immediately in the Book of Life on Rosh Hashanah. They don't have to wait till Yom Kippur. There's signing and sealing on Rosh Hashanah. Rishayim Gimurim, unfortunately, the wicked. So the absolutely wicked are immediately inscribed and sealed for death on Rosh Hashanah. The Beinonim, right, the, the middle of the rotors, so they're kind of suspended. They have suspended sentencing until Yom Kippur. Zahu, if they merit, if they merit, ultimately again, they are inscribed for life. Lo zachu, if they don't go ahead and if they're not zocha, then ultimately again, nechtavin lemisa, they are inscribed for death. Now I will say, there's so much to say about the Simon of Kruspadai, the, the Rishonim, the Achronim, in the Rambam, the Raivid, everybody jumps on this statement. Because Rabbi Sarab Krispadai kind of puts out such a one dimensional view of how judgment works. But yet, there are plenty of tzaddikim who die every year. There are plenty of rishaim who live and thrive every year. So how exactly this model kind of goes ahead and plays out is, is the subject of much debate. What, what it really gives to us is a framework, right? And the framework ultimately of the fact that there are three books. There are three books, right? There's a Sefer HaChaim, there's a Sefer HaMavas, and there's the Sefer Habenonim. And as the Rambam says, most of us, most of us find ourselves in that middle category. I'm not a tzaddik, but Baruch Hashem, also not a Rasha Gabor. And this becomes the power of Aserisimit Shuvah, to try to, try to shift myself from being a Benoni, from being a middle of the rotor, ultimately again to becoming a tzaddik. Now I'll just point out that we have to move on, is the Gemara says, Zahu. If the Benoni has a schos, what's the schos? What schos does the Benoni need? What schos? 
Now remember, the Gemara doesn't say, so Zachu can mean anything. Right? Zachu can mean if you're a Benoni, that means the scales are perfectly even. All I need is what? Right? Anything. The Rambam points out, in the Rambam's version of this Gemara, the Rambam says, Asu tshuva nechtavin l'chaim. According to the Rambam, it is not enough to do any mitzvah. According to the Rambam, it's not enough to do any mitzvah. It's only tshuva that moves the needle for the Benoni. So asks the Mishnah Lamelech, who's the parish on the Rambam, why does the Rambam say tshuva? Any mitzvah should be enough to tilt the scales. And the Mishnah Lamelech says, what the Rambam is teaching is something so incredible, that during a service of tshuva, it's Yeshua Hashem Bihimatso. The Ribbono Shav Olam is so present, so present, that failure to take advantage of the opportunity to do tshuva is in and of itself a hate. Failure to take advantage of the opportunity to do tshuva is in and of itself a hate. And therefore, it's not any mitzvah that's going to tilt the scales for the benoni. It dafka has to be tshuva. But again, I just want to point out that in Rav Kruspidoi's model, that's not necessarily the case. In Rav Kruspidoi's model, zahu just means all the benoni needs to do is something. Just interesting, something to keep in mind. I don't know about it. Micra, we'll say, what's the psukim that supports this idea of the three book model? Micra, yimachu misefer chaim, vim sadikim aichtovu, yimachu misefer zesifan shalom rishon. So that we erase from the sefer that refers to the sefer rishon, rishon gimurim. Chaim zesifan shal sadikim, vim sadikim aikasibu zesifan shal benonim. Good. Radnach rabbi yitzchon mehacha, vim ayin mechinina misifracha asher kasafta. By Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe says to Akash Baruch Hu, if you don't, if you don't forgive Klavi Yisrael, then ultimately, again, erase me from the Sefer that you have written. So the Gemara says, what does that refer to? Mechinina, ze Sefer Nishal Rishon. Mesifracha, ze Sefer Nishal Tzadikim. Asher Kasafta, ze Sefer Nishal Benonim. Beautiful. Tanya. Peshame Omrim, Gimel Kidos, Hinli Omadin. There are three groups when it comes to judgment on Rosh Hashanah. Right, so we'll say there are tzadikim gimurim, rishaim gimurim, and benonim. I will say, by the way, what's fascinating about about the lack of textual symmetry? Think about this: tzadikim are called gimurim, rishaim are called gimurim, benonim, just benonim. Why are both saying? Because the worst thing to be in life is a benoni gummer. A Benoni Gomer. You see, there are, see, to be a Tzadik Gomer, incredible. Even to be a Russia Gomer, at least you're choosing a team. At least you're cultivating an identity. At least you know who you are. But to be a Benoni Gomer is to be someone who has through and through chosen a path of middle of the road mediocrity. Chazal cannot believe that there are people like that. I mean, unfortunately, there are people like that, right? There are, there are unfortunately, so many times we fall into the trap of being a Benoni gummer. But in the eyes of Chazal, you got to choose a team. You could be a Benoni for a couple of days. You could be a Benoni. But by, by, by the time Yom Kippur comes, everyone chooses a team. And the truth is, even if you don't choose a team, your inaction is by definition choosing the team for you. You can't live life as a Benoni Gummer. The Gemara goes weiter. Tzadikim Gummer, Nechtava, Nechtava, Lealter, Lechaye, Lechaye Olam. Tzadikim Gummerim are immediately inscribed in the Book of Eternal Life. Rishon and Abos say, now, by the way, what I want to point out is, if you notice, this Braisa, this Braisa is a little bit, it's different than Rav Kruspidoi. Right? Rav Kruspidoi says that the Tzadikim are ultimately, again, Nechtavin, Nechtavin, Lealter, Lechaye. 
in this verse, in this brisa, Beishamai says, "La'alter lechaye olam." So I will say this is actually interesting because chaye olam doesn't necessarily have to refer to life in this world. Chaye olam could refer to olam haba as well. So, so what many what many find problematic with Rav Kris Bedoi is his framing of this as life in this world. But yet, interesting according to Beis Shammai, it could very well be tzaddikim are automatically inscribed for Olam Haba. Now, how that Olam Haba impacts their Olam Haza is, is, is dependent on so many other external circumstances. Rosham Gimurim, Nechtabim and Nechtabim al Gehenim. Unfortunately, Rosham Gimurim are, are immediately inscribed and sealed for Gehenim. Shneimar Verabim, Yishene Admas Afar Yakitsu, Eile Lechaye Olam, Veile Lecharfos Ladiron. What happens to the Benodim? The Benodim ultimately again, they go to Gehenim, top of Yud Zayin. Okay, good. That was it is incredible. So, right, so the Gemara says, what happens to the Benodim? The Benodim go down to Gehenim. Now here, here it's even clearer, right? Because once we're talking about Gehenim, we clearly see that in this Bryce, so we're not talking about the impact of divine judgment in life in this world, but rather talk about the impact of divine judgment in the world to come. So the Sadiqim go to Gan Eden, right? Chaye Olam. The Rishayim go to Gehenim, and the Benonim, what happens to them? They also go down to Gehenim. Yardim le Gehenim, o mitzafzifin, tap rashi yudzainam dal, mitzafzifin, tzoakim ubochim mitochi surin sha'achaz va'olin. The Benonim go down to Gehenim for just a moment. Mitzafzifin means they cry out, Va'olin, and then they come, which we'll say was what the Gemara is explaining that the Benonim need some type of kapara, right? They need some type of atonement for their sins. How do they achieve that atonement? They go down to Gehenim for just a little bit. They go down to Gehenim, suffer in Gehenim, purged from their sins, and then ultimately are able to rise up, rise up to Gan Eden. Shneemar, ba'is. So we'll say again, over here, the imagery of the Pasuk is I will take the third group and essentially, again, I will forge them in the fire. So again, the Navi Zechariah. The Gemara is understanding that this is a reference to the fact that the Benonim have to spend even just a little bit of time. Rashi calls it Shah Achas which can mean a moment, which just means a, a small amount of time to suffer a bit in Gehenna, be purged of their sins, and then go up to Olam Haba. So the Gemara says, And about this third group, the Benonim, Chana said, So when Chana's talking about the way that Hashem gives life, or Hashem takes life, Hashem gives life, Morid Shaol, he takes them down to the depths. That's Shaol is often a reference to Gehenim, Vayal, and brings them back up. So the bringing back up, going down, bringing back up, says Chana, is a metaphor for the plight of the Benoni. Basil, or what's an incredible Gemara? Basil says, the Rav Chesed, what does it mean when it says that HaKadosh Baruch was Rav Chesed? And I say, we often translate Rav Chesed as abundant in kindness. Abundant in kindness. What does that mean? Mate. What that means, I will say, take a look at Rashi. Mata klape chesed. Hawil umechza umechza. He mata sachre le tzad schos vinyodik henem. So basically this. We're most focused on the Benoni. Right? Because the Benoni, out of all three categories, is the most intriguing. Right? Tzadikim are tzadikim. And rishaim are rishaim. However, we're defining these categories. But the Benoni, the Benoni, are the individuals who really are most impacted by the Yamim Noraim. 
So Beisilel says, the Pasuk says, Rav Chas was abundant in kindness, which means what? The Benoni, right? The imagery of the Benoni is that his scales are exactly equal. So Rav Chasad means, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tilts the scales of the Benoni in a favorable way. Baruch Hu helps the Benoni in judgment, tilting his scales in a favorable way. Ba'aleim Amar David, Ahafti ki yishma shemes koli. About them, David HaMelech said, I love it, Ahafti, we'll see what that actually means. It means I am beloved, or I am beloved because HaKadosh Baruch Hu hears my voice. Ba'aleim Amar David, Kala parsha kula, Dalosi veli Yehoshia. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has saved me or drawn me out, and he is my salvation. Again, we're going to define all of this in just a moment. The Gemara says, however, Poshe, so we'll say, all oh, that's about the Benoni. Poshe Yisrael Jews who sin with their bodies. Now, we'll discuss exactly what this means. Uposhe Umosa or Gentiles who sin with their bodies. Yardin Gehenim, they go down to Gehenim. Vinidonin Ba Yudbeis Chodesh. They spend one year, 12 months in Gehenim. They will say 12 months is the maximum time for, a, for, for, for most Rishon and Gehenim. Some spend longer. After 12 months, Gufan Kala, the body is disintegrated. V'nishmasan Nisrafas, their Nishamas are incinerated. V'ruach Mifazrasan Tachas Kapos Raglai Hatzadikim. And ultimately, again, the Ruach, their spirit, is scattered underneath the feet of Tzadikim. Shene'emar, va'asosem reshom efer, tachas kapos raglehem. So remember again, this is referring to another category of people. What we call poshe Yisrael begufan, Jews who sin with their bodies, Gentiles who sin with their bodies. They go down to Gehenna, but don't come up. Don't come up. Now again, we'll discuss what type of Avedo specifically we're talking about over here. Avala Minin. So we'll say now there's another category of sinners. Minin. Rashi says, what are Minin? According to Rashi, Minin are people who distort the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Actively and purposely distort the word of God. That's Minin. Mas, um, so the Gemara says, Masor, um, Masuros, Amoser. Moser, right? Rashi says again, These are Jews. These are Jews who intentionally turn over other Jews to despotic governments in order either that their property is seized or ultimately again that their lives are taken. Vapikarsim and Apikarsim. What's Apikarsim? We'll say this is fascinating. Look how Rashi defines an Apikores. Mevaza Tamide Chachamim. So we'll say, I want to point out, by the way, the Rambam in Hilchos Shuva quotes this Gemara again. He gives different definitions for each of these things. So for now, for our purposes, they were just going with Rashi. That ultimately, Minin means someone who distorts Torah. Mosaros are someone, Moser, someone who gives over Jews to the hands of a despotic government. And an Apikores, says Rashi, is a person who disparages Torah scholars. That's an Apikores. Incredible. These individuals, Shekafru Torah, or someone who, again, in general, negates the authenticity of Torah. Shekafru someone who does not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Shepirshu, Medarch Sibor, a person who has separated himself from the community and lives outside of the bounds of communal norms. Vishenosnu, Chitasam Ba'aretz Chaim, or a person who instills his fear in the land of the living. Again, we'll discuss all of these things. Vishechatu, Vishechtu Esarabim. 
or a person who sinned and caused others to sin along with him. Kigon ben Nevat like Yeravim ben Nevat, right, who was the first king over the split kingdom of Yehuda and Yisrael. He built the golden calves, causing the Jews to worship idolatry. Yardin le Gehenim, if, if a person falls into one of these categories, person goes down to Gehenna after they die, ba doros, and they remain in Gehenna for all eternity. So what was interesting is as follows: Gehenna could cease to exist, but yet ultimately, again, the suffering of these people will not stop. Why is, so, we'll say, so before we get to this, so what you see essentially is you have three different categories, right? The Beinonim, right? Leaving aside Rosh Hashanah and Tzadikim, right? The Beinonim go down to Gehenna for a little bit and ultimately again are purged and then come back up and then come back up. We then see, we then see that Jews, Chote Yisrael, Poshe Begufon, Jews who sin with their body or ultimately Gentiles who sin with their body. We'll see what Averos are talking about over here. Go get down to Gehenna for 12 months after 12 months, their neshamas disintegrate and are placed underneath the feet of the tzaddikim. Now, I both say, interestingly enough, the Gemara sees that, quote-unquote, as a good thing. Why is it a good thing? Because they're no longer suffering for eternity in Gehenna. And then there's the third category of people whose transgressions are so severe that ultimately, again, their eternity is in Gehenna. So the Gemara says, the whole kach lama. Why is the punishment so severe for this last category? Because ultimately, I will say this is incredible, because they caused the Beis HaMikdash to be destroyed. Now, I will say the Masha points out, that's fine if you lived in a generation where there was a Beis HaMikdash. What about if you're living now? So Masha says, they, they caused the Beis HaMikdash to be destroyed and prevent it from being rebuilt. I will say, which is actually pretty incredible because what you begin to see from this list is the list of the most despicable types of behaviors within Yiddishkeit, which is really something absolutely incredible. I will say, if you notice, what's missing from this list, what's missing from this list is not any particular Averus, right? What's missing from this list are, are corrupt mindsets, right? A person who distorts Torah, a person who, who mistreats other Jews, a person who disparages Tamidi Chachamim, right? Causing other people to sin. It's, it's fascinating to see in this list what Chazal deemed to be the most egregious forms of behavior. The Gemara says, Shneemar, Mizvulo, Vein Zvul, Elabes Amita, Shneemar, so Bano Banisi base Zvulach, Valeb Amarchana, Hashem Yachasum Rivav, Amrabi Yitzchak Bar Avin, Upreem Domusholi Kedera. And when they're in Gehenna, their face resembles the bottom of a blackened pot. Well, it's interesting. So Rav says, by the way, you know who's also in Gehenna? The wealthiest people of Mechuza. So, so it's interesting. So Rav says, sometimes it's the people who lead the most pampered lives that are often most prone to sin and therefore are often, most often, the residents of Gehenna. Scary statement. And they're called Bnei Gehenna. So, so again, so, so that's, just, just so you're following the progression. How did we, this is like pretty heavy sugya. How, how do we get into this? This was just the extension of the Benonim sugya. Remember again, once we mentioned Gehenna by the Benonim and spoke about Gehenna being as a temporary stop for the, for the Benonim to purge them, 
from their Averas that led to a more global discussion about Gehenim, who goes to Gehenim, the duration of time in Gehenim. The Gemara now sw- switches back to Tshuva. Amar Mar, Beisila Omrim, Verav Chased, Mate Klape Chased. So we'll say this is beautiful. So now we're going to dissect the Brisa above. So we'll say all of this was a Brisa. This is all Beisila. So now let's analyze. So Beisila said, Rav Chased, what do you think God is abundant in Chased? Mate Klape Chased. It means that for the Benoni, he tilts the scales in the direction of Chased. That's my Rav Chased. I but one second. But the pasuk says, "I'll bring the third group, the Benonim, into Gehenim, which sounds like the Benonim are going to Gehenim." So what does it mean? Chashbar who tilts the scales in their favor. Hasam beposhe Yisrael begufan. Sigmar says that's talking about Jews who sin with their bodies. Poshe Yisrael begufan vaha amritle les lutakanta. But you said, Poshe Yisrael there's no remedy for them, right? That that's a group ultimately that goes to Gehenim and then the Shama disintegrates after 12 months. Kileslu takanta barovavonos. So we'll say, when is there no takana? If a person has a majority of sins and amongst those sins is a sin that one did with their body, again, we'll discuss what that is, then ultimately for that individual, there is no redemption. Hacha mechza avonos or mechza zechuyos. Ultimately, again, here it's half and half. This punami avon de poshe yisabagufan. And included in the half of Eros is this poshe yisabagufan. So the Gemara says, Lo sagile delave veseh Such a person, such a person needs Gehenim in order to go ahead and affect some level of atonement. Ve'imlav, ve'imlav. But ultimately, again, if there's no situation of a person being a poshe yisabagufan, then what? V'rav chesed, so ultimately, again, it's supposed to say, assuming that a person is a Benoni, and in their Benoni Averus tally, they don't have a sin committed with their body. Again, we'll discuss specifically which sin Chazal are referring to over here. Then Rav Chesed, HaKadosh Baruch who tilts the scales towards Chesed, towards abundant kindness. Valeim Amar David, Ahavti Ki First of all, then I will say, and about them, David Amalek said, Hahafti, I literally means again, I love Kishishma Hashem that Hashem hears. Dara Shrava, Maidik Seva Hafti Kishma Hashem, listen to how beautiful this is. Amra Knesset, Sisal of Neakadish Baracha, Ribono Shal Olam, Emase Ania Huva Lefanecha, Kadish Baracha, one of my beloved before you, Bizman Sha'ata Shomea Koltacha Nunai. When am I beloved before you? When you hear my supplications. You're both saying, the greatest demonstration of divine love for us is the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is willing to listen. You see, we often think that the measure of divine love is based on how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers. You love me as much as you give me. David HaMalach says, that's not the case. Ahavti ki Hashem. I know that I'm beloved because you listen to me. The mere fact that the King of Kings takes the time to listen to my tefillahs, takes time to listen to my supplications, that in and of itself is the greatest demonstration of love. So the Gemara says, Dalosi v'liyoshia. What does this phrase mean? Even though I'm impoverished from mitzvahs, I'm poor, I don't have mitzvahs. It's worth it to save me. So we say, what do we say? I know that I don't look like that much right now, but give me a chance. Give me a chance, and I promise I will show you that I am redeemable, I'm salvageable, and it's worth it to invest in me. So beautiful. What is this category of Jews who sing with their bodies? What is that referring to? So, Wow. Someone who doesn't wear tefillin. Someone who doesn't wear tefillin is considered to be a person 
who is sinning with their body. And I will say, by the way, that's the category that Chazal said goes to Gehenna, and ultimately the Neshama is there for 12 months and then it disintegrates. Natosa says, what is this, what is this talking about? The person doesn't wear tefillin. So Tosas points out, it's someone who is like a conscientious objector to tefillin. Not so, because Tosas says, let's say a person doesn't wear tefillin because they have bodily issues and they can't keep a clean body. Or, or a person doesn't know about the mitzvah of tefillin. Right? A person just, is just not knowledgeable. So such a person that is called a poshi, Shabbat Kufa, says, no, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who knows about tefillin, who knows what he's supposed to be doing, but doesn't do it. That's called Poshe Yisrael Begufan. That is called someone who sins with their body, to which, again, the Gemara says, that's the person who goes to Gehenna ultimately for 12 months, and then the Neshama disintegrates. Very strong. We'll say, by the way, it's fascinating that that's how Gemara defines, right? I could have thought of so, so many better things than that, right? I mean, not better. I don't mean better. But, like, we'll say, but isn't that incredible? So what does it tell you? What does it tell you? You see, a person who doesn't put on tefillin in the morning, what's happening here is... My day, Tillin is a bris, Tillin is a covenant. And when I don't start my day by solidifying, solidifying, reinforcing, and concretizing that covenant, there's something missing in my neshama. There is a huge deficiency in my ruchnius. So the Gemara says such a person like that is called one who sins with their body. By the Ummah, so by the nations of the world. So what is it? Amarav Avera. It means immorality. Immorality. So by Jews, it's not wearing Tillin. By non-Jews, it's engaging in immorality. That's what it called. That's what it means to be poshea begufon. Vishenosnu chitasam ba'aretz chayim. We'll say, what does it mean? Now we're going through the whole list of people who again spend eternity in Gehenna. What does it mean? They instilled fear in the land of the living. Who is that? Amr of Chista zeparne samatel ema yisera latzibor. This is a leader who instills fear unnecessarily in the community in his constituents. Shalom v'shem shamayim. So we'll say. Fear could sometimes be, right? Fear, fright, fear for the sake of heaven. There could be an important fear that motivates people to do the right thing. This is talking about a leader who uses his influence to instill fear for no good reason other than probably, you know, his ego or something else like that. Any leader, and this is not just like a rabbinic leader. Parnes is someone who's in charge of the community. Any leader who uses his influence to instill fear, not for the sake of heaven, Eina Roa ben Talmud Chacham will not have a son who is a Talmud Chacham. Now, I will say, the truth is, that's actually not such a Chiddush. Because any person, essentially, who, who leads with an iron hand, probably leads his community and leads his family with an iron hand. And there's nothing that goes in and turns children off more from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and from Ruchnius than unnecessary sternness. Obviously, again, you have to have discipline in your home and there has to be rules and it can't be. And I will say, one of the greatest things people think today is if you impose rules on your children, you're going to turn them off from Yiddishkeit, right? I, I can't tell my kid what to do because he's going to go off the derech. If you don't tell your kid what to do, he will go off the derech, right? Children need direction and children need discipline and children need rules and children need ramifications. But, but parenting is this very fine line because if you parent with an iron hand, Right? If a child feels stifled and suffocated in the home, then that chas has terrible impact as well. So if this guy is leading his community instilling fear unnecessarily, chances are he's doing the same thing at home. And if he's doing the same thing at home, then unfortunately he's not going to raise a child who loves Torah mitzvahs. Let's go back there. So the Gemara says, 
remember said before, what does Rav Chesed mean? Rav Chesed means Cheshbarach who tilts the scales in the direction of Chesed. So how does he do that? I both say, listen to this Gemara, first of the widest lines. Hechi Avid, Hechi Avid. Right? So I'll say, how does the Chadosh Baruch Hu tilt the scales? Rabbi Eliezer Omer Kovsho. Rabbi Eliezer says, what he does is, he pushes down the side of the Abbas. So Rabbi Eliezer, you might remember again, the Benoni has equal scales. Rav Chesed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is abundant in judgment, which means HaKadosh Baruch Hu tilts the scales in a favorable fashion. The Gemara is literally asking, how does Hashem tilt the scales? Rabbi Eliezer says, Kovsho, he pushes down the side of Averus. He pushes down the side of Averus. I'm sorry, the side of Mitzvahs, excuse me. Pushes down the side of Mitzvahs, right? Kovsho, Shneemar, Yoshev Yirachamenu, Yichbosh Avonosenu. Rabbi Yossi Barchanino Omer, no say. Says, no, 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 what does he do? He lifts up the side of the Averos. Right? Do you want to see the distinction here? So one opinion says he pushes down the mitzvahs, showing that the mitzvahs are heavier. The other opinion says he lifts up the side of Averos, thereby sending the mitzvah, making the mitzvahs look like they are heavier. They both say there is such incredible profundity in that Gemara. What kind of machlokis is this? What it's talking about is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu views us, but there's also an incredibly important thing about how we view each other. The opinion that says, when Hashem looks at me, I'm a Benoni, and what does Hashem do to my scales? Kovesh. He pushes down my mitzvahs, which means that when the Rebbe looks at me, he focuses on my good. The pushing down, the weighing down of the mitzvahs means HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at me, and, but he chooses to focus on the good in me. He chooses to put more weight on the good that I possess. Verse, that's Kovesh. What's no say? No say means diminishing the weight of my Averis. Recognizing that my Averis do not define the totality of who I am. That's the lifting up of the Averis, making them lighter than they are. And I will say, what an incredible way to view other people as well. To adopt these two mindsets, Kovesh and Nosei. That when looking at other people, Kovesh, push down their mitzvahs. Identify them ultimately again by the good that they have. Place emphasis on weight on the good. And Nosei, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But ultimately, make the mistakes a little less, a little, a little lighter. Push, push them up. Don't define the person. Don't define the person by the totality of their mistakes. This is how who looks at us, and this is how we're supposed to look at others. Incredible. So much more to say. Turn to the Rishon Rishon, Amida. who does is, Rishon Rishon means that ultimately, again, when the Avera first comes, person commits an Avera, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't put the Avera on the scale immediately. Right? When the first Avera comes along, that Avera is kept off the scale. V'cheni Amida. Even though HaKadosh Baruch doesn't put it on the scale, he also doesn't erase it. So the Gemara says, So it's incredible. What the Gemara says is, he keeps the first Avera off the scales, but it's not erased. If it turns out that unfortunately I continue to sin, and therefore I possess a majority of sins, Kodesh Baruch Hu puts that first one back on. But if at the end of the day, I don't possess a majority of sins, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu eradicates that first one. So the Gemara says, Kala Amar Rava Amar, incredible Gemara. Kala Mavir Amidosa, Bosa, by the way, you admit, I just want to point out, the problem with the pace is not me. I just want to point this out. It's not me. It is Chazal's fault, right? Or the typesetter's fault. There's too much good Gemara in one blot. It's impossible. No, I don't know. I don't think any Dafiomi around the world is getting through this Daf. I think I'm actually going faster than most. But okay. Gemara says, Kala Mavir Amidosa, Mavir Amidosa, Pshav. Any person, I will say, Mavra Amidosov, any person, Mavra Amidosov is, is a good phrase that doesn't easily translate. I'll use the word, Mavra Amidosov means you're Mavater. You're Mavater. You yield. Even when someone wrongs you, you let it go. That's what it means to be Mavra Amidosov. Literally, again, you're Mavir, you pass over your Midos. Again, it doesn't translate well. I'm Mavater, I yield. I yield. So the Gemara says, whoever is a yielding individual towards others, I don't hold a grudge, I don't hold animosity. Ma'avir na kol pshav. Baruch says, if you're ma'avir mitamidosav, you're mevater, you don't hold grudge, you don't hold animosity. When people wrong you, you let it go. Chodesh Baruch says, if you do that for others, then I'll do that for you. Who go ahead and literally lift up or erase sin? To a person who is able to pass over wrong that is done to him. So I will say, if I am mevater, if I am forgiving, and I'm willing to yield and let go, Kadosh Baruch Hu does the same for me. Rav Humri Rav Yoshua, Bosei doesn't skip. Incredible. Rav Humri Rav Yoshua Chalash. Rav Humri Rav Yoshua became ill. All Rav Papa was listening to this story. Rav Papa came to visit him. And Rav Papa saw that Rav Huna was very ill. So, so Rav Papa, when he saw him, said, you know what? Prepare the Tachrichen. Prepare the Tachrichen. Now both say, not good bigger cholim etiquette, right? <laughs> right. But ultimately, again, but nevertheless, he said, prepare the Tachrichen. Because he saw, he saw that Rav Huna was so ill. L'sof itbach. Rav Huna Bar Hashem was healed. Was healed. Have a machzich Rav Papa lemechze. Rav Papa avoided him. Right? Understandably so. Right? The last time they saw each other, Rav Papa was whispering, it's not looking good. Not looking good. Better prepare the tachrichen. Right? And here, and here Rav Huna got better. So Rav Papa was embarrassed. Amrle my chazis. So they asked Rav Huna, you, you were neat, right? What did you see when you were ill? Amrle, in hachiyava. So listen to this. So Rav Huna says, by the way, guys, Rav Papa was right. I was on death's door. I was on death's door. I was ready to leave this world. Then I heard a Kaddish Baruch Hu say, listen, listen to this Gemara. I heard a Kaddish Baruch Hu say, Since Rav Huna was not someone who held a grudge, who held animosity, was able to let things go. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, which literally means, He did not stand his ground, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says we're going to forgive him and we're going to let him live. They both say this is what Rav Huna heard. He's on death's door. His neshama is about to be taken. He hears HaKadosh Baruch Hu say, let him live. Why? Because here is a man who was Ma'avir Amidosov. Here was a man who yielded. Here was a man who didn't walk around with animosity or anger or negativity towards another. Bless you. Even when he was legitimately wrong, wronged. And if he could let go, then we could let go of our din on him as well. Incredible. So the Gemara says, 
says, Go ahead and forgive sin to someone who lets the wrongs committed against him pass over as well. Incredible. Remember again, the Pasuk goes on, right? And the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, ultimately again, it's uh, it's the same pasuk. Mi mi kel kamocha no se oven v'over apesha l'sheiris nachalaso. To the literally means to the remnant of his portion. So the Gemara says, Am Rabbi Acha Barchanina Alya v'kotzba. So we'll say this is like having the fatty tail but a thorn in it. Apparently, the tail of the animal was a delicacy, right? So it's like getting the tail but having a thorn in it. In other words, you have the delicacy but the delicacy is impacted negatively impacted the presence of the thorn. What does that mean? L'sheiris nachalaso. See, not everybody attains this level of forgiveness. Not everybody attains the Mikel Kamocha, no se avon va over al pasha. Only the Sherus Nakala, so only some merit. Okay, good. Right, we'll say ultimately again, who attains this level of divine forgiveness? This is incredible. The Sherus Nakala, so which means what? Lemi Shemesim Asmo Kishirayim. To someone who makes himself like leftovers. They will say, what does that mean to someone who makes so like leftovers? So the way to read the Pasik is, no, who is like you, Hashem, no se avon over al pasha, who goes ahead and literally, no se avon lifts away sin. So again, we define over al pasha. Over al pasha means for someone who is, let, who is able to let the iniquities against him slide. I don't hold the grudge. I don't hold the animosity. I don't hold on to I'm not Ramadosuk. I'm Mivater. So it says, by the way, even so, not everyone merits divine forgiveness. Who gets it? Which is to only people make themselves like sharing, like leftovers. But we'll say, what's the chap of leftovers? If there's one thing, there's one me the leftovers never have. It's what? It's what? Gaiva. Leftovers never have gaiva, right? When there's leftovers come out of the refrigerator on Sunday, and sometimes Tuesday, right? So the mice, they're never praying, oh, look at me, look at me, right? Yeah, look at you, right? You've been on the table since Shabbos, right? There's no, there's no gaiva, there's no gaiva to leftovers. Sometimes in life, you have to make yourself like Shiraim. Sometimes you have to make yourself like leftovers. We'll say, you see the dominant theme on this, on this Gemara happening over and over. Gaiva. Gaiva is the Achilles heel and Anova humility is the key to unlock greatness and unlock divine forgiveness. Absolutely incredible. So the Gemara goes weiter. Ravuna Ramik Siv. Ravuna contrasted Psukim. On one hand it says, Tzadik Hashem Bechal Berachav. says Hashem is a Tzadik in all of his ways. And I will say, Tzadik means what? Tzedek, tzedek is justice. God is a God of justice. The chassid, the chamasav. Chassid, I will say, is what? What's chassid? By the way, what's this incredible, but just in general. What is a chassid? A chassid is someone who is a bal chassid. Right? The chassid is not defined by what you wear. Being a real chassid means you are a bal chassid. So then it calls the chassid baruch hu a chassid, the chamasav. Chassid. So which one is it? Is it chassid baruch hu? Is it chassid baruch hu? It's tzedek, tzedek, justice. Or is he a chassid, a bal chassid? We'll say two very opposite midos. Betchila tzedek, we'll say it's incredible. In the beginning when the Chosh Baruch Hu approaches judgment, he approaches judgment through the lens of tzedek, strict justice. When he realizes that's not going to work, ulubasov, chassid. He becomes a chassid, right? He becomes a bal chassid. So beautiful. Starts with justice, but when he realizes it's just not going to work for us, he becomes a bal chassid. So Rabbi Elazar Rami Ksiv, ulucha Hashem chassid, says, Chosh Baruch Hu, the midi of chassid belongs to you, ki ato tishalim ki ish ki 
Then the positive says, you reward each person, you repay each person according with their deeds, which sounds like justice. So once again, are you chesed or are you justice? Betris, the Gemara says, ki same idea, but Chila, in the beginning, Baruch Hu judges us with, with justice, but when he sees that's not going to yield favorable results, he switches over to Chasad. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Ilfi, Ilfi, Some say it was Ilfi, some say it was Ilfa. Contrast to the following Psukim. Rav Chasad, so Pasik says, Chashbarach has abundant kindness. Uksiv, the MS Betrila. So the Gemara says, Uksiv, the MS Betrila, the MS Levasov, for Rav Chasad. So we'll say, so same idea. So which one is it? Is it chesed? Is it tzedek? To which the Gemara says, uksiv ve'emes. So betchila ve'emes, in the beginning, Hashbarah, who starts with truth, u'lubasof rav chesed. Which I will say, see something absolutely amazing. Hashbarah, who starts almost as a purist. It's an incredible metaphor for life. Hashbarah, who starts as a purist. Right? And as a purist, he wants to judge the world based on justice. He wants to judge us based on emes. But then the purist becomes a pragmatist, Pragmatist? What's the right word? Pragmatic. He becomes pragmatic, right? And therefore, he switches over to chasad, which I will say is such an incredible metaphor for how we're supposed to live as well. Because many times in life, we begin, we begin almost with a purist mindset, which is very beautiful. Only one problem. Only one problem. It doesn't work in life, right? Unadulterated idealism that is not tempered by realism doesn't work in this world. So if you have this idealistic or purist approach to life, it's not going to work. You have to become realistic. Varaya, Chodesh Baruch starts with MS, starts with Tzedek, but then recognizes it needs to be, it needs to be chesed. Beautiful. It's just incredible. It's just incredible. Chodesh Baruch passed by Moshe Rabbeinu and he called out, this is the Yud Gimel Midos. Hashem, Hashem, Ke'orachon v'chanon. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, Il Mali Mikra Kasuli Efshala Omro, had the Pasik not said it, we couldn't, right? If the Pasik had not said it, we would not have been able to articulate this idea. Melamed, Rebbe say, what happened over here? Melamed Shinis, Atif HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kishliach Tzibar. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kiviyacho wrapped himself in a talis, just like the Shliach Tzibar, just like the Chazin. Veherolo Moshe Seder Tvila. And he showed Moshe how to daven the Yud Gimel Midos. He should, Yanki, thank you. Thank you. Right. Hey, so he showed HaKadosh Baruch Hu how to go ahead. And that, so we'll say, isn't this incredible? Isn't this incredible? That not only does HaKadosh Baruch Hu give Moshe Rabbeinu the Yod Gimomidos, but what? He models for him how to daven them. He models for him how to daven them. The Herod of Moshe, Seder Tzila. Amr lo, Kozman Shlisol Chotin, whenever Kalisol mess up, mess up, whenever we sin, Yasu the Fanai Kiseidra Zeh, Tell them to say the Yud Gimel Midos, the 13 attributes, Va'ani Mocha Lahem. Wow. A divine haftacha, a divine promise. Whenever Cloud Yisrael messes up, tell them to say the Yud Gimel Midos, Hashem Hashem Kerach, who says, I promise, I promise, I will forgive them. So, so I'll say, now the Gemara goes through the Yud Gimel Midos. Here we go. Hashem Hashem. Why did it say Hashem twice? To which the Gemara says, Ani hu kodim shiachta adam. I am Hashem before man sins, and I am Hashem after man sins. If you look at Rashi, Hashem, Hashem Rashi says, Midas So Rashi says, I am Hashem who is compassionate before man sins, and I am compassionate after man sins. 
Now, both say, ask the Marsha, you look at this Marsha and sell on your own. But the Marsha says, why do I need divine compassion before I sin? Because the Marsha says, the world cannot exist without HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim. Our entire existence is based on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's compassion. So there's Hashem before I sin. There's the Midas HaRachamim before I sin. The Midas HaRachamim after I sin is the divine attribute of compassion which allows me to get my life back on the rails to do tshuva and to start again. So the Gemara goes right there. What does it mean, Kel Rachum V'chanun? Literally a God who is compassionate. Right? Merciful and compassionate. There is a covenant that has been effected with Yogimomidos that you never come back empty-handed. I'm hereby affecting a covenant with you. Hereby affecting a covenant with you that if you say the Yogimomidos Pekavano, ultimately again, you will always come back with forgiveness. So we'll say, Unfortunately, we have to stop here for today. There's so much more. But I think we're going to start tomorrow morning at 5.45 again, Amir Sashem. We will catch up, Amir Sashem, by the end of tomorrow. Oh, no. We'll catch up in a couple of days, Amir Sashem. But again, the journey is quite beautiful and wonderful. Shkach Jeremy's fame of us is mom.